Welcome to the Grief Cocoon podcast, where you'll hear open, honest, and thoughtful conversations about grief and loss, death and life. I'm Gabby, your host, and I'll be talking to different creatives about their experiences and how they've used their creativity to process and transform grief and loss, and how you can too. This podcast was recorded on the sacred and sovereign lands of the Bunwarung and Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to offer my respects to elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any First Nations people listening today. On this first episode, I'd like to introduce myself, your host Gabby, and share a little bit about my journey and how I came to starting this podcast. So um, I've always been a creative. I am a musician and I write poetry and songs and perform a lot. And so it was coming back to these things that actually helped me work through and process my, my grief after my mom died. And so I guess to begin and to go all the way back, I, um, I was only yeah, 20 years old when my mom was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer called the, a duodenal cancer. And I didn't really, me and my sister just didn't know anything about it. So I'm, I'm the youngest of four. And it was the first time that someone in the immediate family was you know, ill, and first time we were having to go to hospitals regularly and were really concerned about what this meant because we had no idea, we'd never had anyone in the family that um, actually had cancer, and so there was no history of it in the family, so it was a real shock for us, and we just had no idea how to deal with it, Um, but yeah, over about three to four months, my mom just slowly started deteriorating and we tried chemotherapy and um, she had to get fluid drained and it was just, you know, slowly I saw my mom changing and weakening and and almost, you know, to the point where she was unrecognizable because she was such a strong independent, generous, and just, in, I thought she was invincible, you know, <laughs> and um, it was only up until that point that I realized that maybe she isn't, um, because she I'd never really seen her struggle with anything, I'd never, I'd never, you know, seen her ask for help with anything, she was always the one doing things for other people, and so um yeah, it was quite a shock and and not only that, but then to to have her actually take her last breath um, and that was on the 23rd of March 2009 and ironically, I guess the first thing I felt was, was relief because I knew that she had been suffering, that she was in pain and so... Initially, my response was, I'm just so relieved that she's not in pain anymore and that she's sort of free of all that um, physical pain. And 
nothing can prepare you for the loss of a parent or someone that's so close to you, someone who, you know, you actually rely on for everything. So um, that was the beginning. And from that point, it was a very confusing journey and a very um, confronting few years and a very sad and lonely one. And I, I felt very isolated through that time. I wanted to find other people to speak to about it. I, I didn't necessarily feel comfortable to to speak with my sisters or family members because they were also grieving at that time. And so I just, I thought it would be nice to just, just meet, you know, one or two other people that know what this is like and that I can speak to openly about you know, about grief and, and about loss and, and what it feels like. And I I think I did look a little bit. I, I Googled to find some support groups, but um, I didn't really find anything that resonated with me. So uh, after some time, and actually through performance, I started to connect with other people and realize that I wasn't alone. You know, after about four years, I was able to, process enough of of the experience of you know life after loss that I started to write it down in in poetry form and share it at open mics and at community events and that's when I had people come up to me after performances and tell me their story of loss and and who they've lost and um, how they can relate and that was sort of the beginning of realizing that okay I I feel alone but I actually am not the only one that is going through this and that there are others but there's we just don't openly talk about grief in this society and I, you know after some time of continuously connecting with people at events that um, came up to me just to speak about loss afterwards I decided that um, it would be time to actually create my own community spaces where people could come and share their creative work and connect with others who are who are grieving and and I did that um, that was in about 2015 2016 and yeah that was really powerful because not only did I connect with people I knew that came and shared their experiences but I also connected with strangers total strangers and I didn't know necessarily how they um, found out about the events or what their story was but they would come and either listen to others or they would come and share something and and share a creative work that they created in response to grief and loss and that was really amazing that sort of um, changed everything and I realized I knew then that really this is an experience that everybody goes through but we just um, there's just a bit of a stigma or taboo around it and um, so eventually I guess yeah after years of doing events here and there I decided that especially during the pandemic that you know if there's any better time to actually make grief and loss a conversation it's now because the pandemic the experience of the pandemic has meant that 
everybody was touched, you know, in some way by whether it was like loss of freedom or loss of family members or loss of contact with people that they loved, physical contact, you know, which can be really important for us. That social contact, we 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 lost that, you know, during the last um, couple of years. And so I think it's it's definitely time and time that people time that we actually bust all those myths around grief and have real candid conversations about it and also talk about the power of creativity in processing grief and in expressing it and healing and that's been um, something that I've seen time and time again in workshops and events. If you have any questions don't be afraid to just comment or send me a message on Instagram uh, you can find me at gab underscore Georges and you can also contact me through the Grief Cocoon page which is just at the Grief Cocoon on Instagram and also on Facebook. So to finish this off I thought I would actually share a poem of mine that I've probably had the most I guess feedback on in terms of um it's, it's relatability and it's connection with people and it's about, it's called Mama's Lentil Soup and it's using basically cooking and soup, the soup as a metaphor for grief and my mom made the best lentil soup <laughs> and over the years I really tried to replicate it but nothing really can, can get close to um, her, her lentil soup. I feel an emptiness filled with lots of things. Things I cannot name, but I know they're there and they're brewing inside, like my mama's favorite, lentil soup. It boils for under an hour until it's just right, until the color is just right, until it's simmered for just the right amount of time and only she knows when it's ready. Her years have taught her things, you cannot learn from reading a recipe book. No, her learning is instinctual. Her learning has transformed into knowing. And when I ask her how much salt, pepper and cumin to add, she says, you just know when it's enough. You just know, you just know as if I can translate that into some kind of measurement, as if it's just another metric like a tablespoon, a cup or 300 mils, like I'm supposed to know what that means, but I don't. I never do, and I don't know if I ever will. See, I'm still young, I'm still childless, familyless, and I don't just know anything yet, but I do know that. My mama wouldn't judge me for not getting it right. She would only judge me for not trying, and so I try and try every time, doing my best to get it right, adding just enough salt, pepper, and cumin, and then I taste it and try again. And even when I think it's just about right, there always seems to be something missing. And so I, I always settle for close enough and accept the fact that my mama's lentil soup is my mama's lentil soup for a reason, as I feel an emptiness filled with lots of things. 
things I cannot name, but I know they're there, and they're brewing inside, like my mama's favorite, unforgettable, unmistakable, lentil soup. This episode was kindly supported by Footscray Community Arts through their Artist in Residence program. Thanks for listening.